Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. We live in a world where for many things and for many events, you need access. Oftentimes, you need a ticket. You need something that says, hey, I have the right to have access to this event. Let's just take a concert for an example. Well, for most concerts, it's not just, well, anybody who wants to show up. No, you need access and that access will come through your ticket. And then even within the concert, there's only certain places you may have access to. Most tickets, you can't just walk backstage. You don't have access to that. And so that's something in our culture we can understand. And and that really is connected to the idea that we're seeing here in the back half of Ephesians chapter two, because Paul's main message to his readers is you have access. You have it. And if you're reading this and you are in Christ, you have access. And we need to ask some questions. How do I have access and to what, or in this case, to whom do I have access? And we're going to see those questions because it's important to you. Uh, as well to understand what this passage is saying. Now, as the passage begins, we'll see some things that might be harder for you personally to relate with. Because in the first century, even what we see a lot in the book of Acts and in the epistles that are written, there's a lot specifically dealing with uh, the Jew-Gentile question in the early church. Now, you living probably in the United States of America, going to a church that is almost all Gentiles, this isn't as big of a question often in your mind. But what you see here is this idea that Gentiles have access is groundbreaking. And even what we're going to see, Paul refers to this, we'll explain it a little more in our reading tomorrow in Ephesians 3, is this is a mystery. And when Paul talks about a mystery, what he usually means by that term is something that in the past was not revealed, but now something that has been revealed. And this inclusion of Gentiles really in Christ, in the church, is something that is new. And even not that no Gentile could be saved in the Old Testament, but really they got saved through becoming a part of the people of Israel. They basically lost their Gentile identity to become Israelites. Well, now the mystery is Gentiles can come to Christ as Gentiles, and they don't need to be circumcised. They don't need to participate in the Mosaic law. No, they are saved through Christ. And that's really what you need to understand is background for much of the first part of our passage today. Verse 11 says, therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And while you may not be able to relate as much with the cultural background of this passage, 
I hope verse 13 very much resonates with you, that you were once far off, but now you've been brought near, not through your own efforts, not through your own work, not because you're so special, but through the blood of Christ. And now we Jews and Gentiles are one body. And it's not through keeping the law and the ceremony, verse 15, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. And we are reconciled both to God in one body through the cross. And there's no wall of hostility between Jews and Gentiles. We are all one body in Christ. Really, we are the church, and the church is made up of Jew and Gentile, one body following Christ by faith. Uh, That's what we've seen so much in our reading through the New Testament. But now in the later portion of our text today, I want you to see some specific things about this access that you have. Uh, Look at verse 18, for instance, for through him, that's talking about Christ, for through Christ, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. And let's use that illustration of a concert, for instance. Think of your favorite musical artist, the the one that more than any other you would like to see perform live. Get that in your head. Now, imagine that you have been granted access, backstage passes uh, to go and see that artist perform live. Now, you don't know the artist. You've been separated from the artist, but you have a connection. You know someone connected to that art artist that has now put your name on a list. Put your name on a list to get access backstage to see this person. Well, that's kind of the idea. Christ is the one that you've been reconciled through that now gets you access to the Father, right? If we're going to the concert, the Father is the one that you are there to to see, and Christ is the one who makes that reconciliation possible. And then through the Spirit, imagine you're going to the concert, you're going to the venue. I don't know how to, I don't know where to park. I don't know what entrance I'm supposed to go in. I don't know where I go from there. Well, God has given you the Spirit to guide you through all of that. So you're going to see the Father, that the Son is the one who is giving you access, and the Spirit is the one that is guiding you through everything you need to do practically to get there. And I think one particular way that this access to God should affect you, and one very practical application of this is prayer. And even as you think, how did Jesus teach us to pray? Well, our Father who art in heaven, right? We should address our prayers. I think generally in the standard way we should pray is we're praying to the Father. Well, how are we coming to the Father? We're coming to the Father in Jesus's name. And how are we coming to the Father? Well, we're coming to him with the help of the Holy Spirit. Even we saw that in Romans 8, how the Spirit helps us in our prayer and in our weakness because we don't know how to pray like we should. So the Spirit is helping us. When we think about the 
access that we have. I want you today to walk away with more than just, oh, that's cool that I have access. I want you to think of some specific ways that you have access and to take advantage of those ways. And one of them certainly would be prayer. You were once far off and now you have been brought near by the blood of Christ and you have access to him. And one of the ways that access shows itself is that you have access to him in prayer. At any time, you can go to the Father because of the Son and with the help of the Spirit. You need to take advantage of that access. And then we go into him talking about the church. He talks about the household of God. And by that, I think he's, it's very clear. He's talking about the church, the church that has been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And then it talks about the whole structure being grown together and built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit. That is talking to the church. So it's through Christ, again, that you have access to uh, the church, this household of God. That's another one of the practical manifestations of this access that you have been granted. We see that not only through prayer, we see it through participation in the church. Only believers can truly access all the benefits and blessings that come from being a part of the people of God, being a part of the household of God. Are you taking advantage of that? So that's kind of the application from this passage. First and foremost, you need to worship God for just the fact that you have access because you were once far off. You were dead in your sin, but God, because of his mercy, because of his love, because of his grace, you have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Through his sacrifice, you have now been brought in. So you need to worship God that you even have access. But I want you today to specifically think about how am I taking advantage of this access very practically through prayer and through the church, through the body of Christ. It's a shame when someone has access and they don't use it, right? Another way when I think of access is someone who enjoys golf. Well, there's a lot of courses you can't just show up and and play because they are private. You have to know someone. You either have to be a member or know someone who is a member to get access there. And there's one big golf tournament played every year, the Masters at the same course, and it's a very exclusive private place that most people, you could show up at the front gate and say, I'll pay you $100,000 to play the course today, and the guys at the gate would just laugh in your face and say, you don't have access. Well, if I met somebody that was a member and they say, oh yeah, I never go. I, I never play there. I would think, are you crazy? You have this kind of access, but you don't use it? What is that? Well, how crazy must we be to have access to something that's better than any concert, something that's better than anything you could experience in this world. We have access to God. And again, practically that looks like prayer and that can look like being involved in the body of the church. How crazy would we be to have that access and not to use it? So worship God for the access that has been granted to you through Christ and through his blood. Then take advantage of that aspect today, even through prayer and through participation in the body of Christ through the church. 
Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.